Cheers. Let's do the light round. <laughs> that that can, registered. That, yeah, that can be the um your little sink thing or whatever. Mm. I've, I've got the synopsis here because that felt like also a lot happens. I loved it though. Yeah, no, it's good. I think it was the right amount of lots happening. Yeah. Because, um, you know, thinking back to episodes where not a lot happens, mm. where like, I don't know, Charlie X just causes shenanigans for the whole episode and then gets kicked off the ship. Mm. Whereas whereas this, there's a lot of back and forth and to and fro and, you know. Mm. I really liked it. For me, it feels like Mary, but without the creepy child stuff. Instead of, instead of creepy adults. Yeah, creepy adults, which I can deal with. Mm, totally. Um, this is Out of Our Vulcan Minds. <laughs> I'm Lucinda. I'm Ellie. And this is a mostly weekly Star Trek podcast, except when we forget that yeah. we have to record it and it comes around to the Friday and we're like, oh, oh, oh. I said no episode. And then we're like, Shoot. oh, we didn't Oops. make one. Yeah. It is also important to note, this is the only Star Trek discussion podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no others out there. We checked. It's we weird. looked and it's like, this is a huge cultural touchstone. Why is there, why is no one else talking about no it? One, literally no one has done a podcast on the subject of mm, Star Trek. Mm. So we're the, the first and only ones. Mm. And um, don't get in touch with us. <laughs> <laughs> if, you know, if you happen to find one, because it's probably shit. Yeah. We're the only good one at the very least. Yeah, certainly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we were going to skip over this episode, weren't we, Ellie? We were, based on the skip list I saw, yes. But we were scrolling through the episodes to reach this one on Netflix. And this one came up, which was called The Return of the Archons. Um, and I saw it and I was just like, we cannot skip this one. Mm-hmm. We absolutely cannot. Because it had Spock, my favourite, on the title screen image thing wearing this amazing outfit and it was about like a computer controlling a race of people and i was like ellie we cannot skip this i I definitely remember enjoying this episode Mm. like the one that was next on the list is also one of the best episodes certainly has one of the best antagonists Mm -hmm. in star trek history Mm -hmm. so i was quite excited to get to it but this is also a fun episode next one will be good Um, as well and you're right it featured some great looks. Yeah, Spock in a frock. It wasn't really a frock, but it was I just a, wanted to It was a long cape. Yeah, it was like, yeah, a full-on cloak. And he wore it long past the point where it was necessary <laughs> yeah. to wear it. <laughs> he's like, I look great. And he's not wrong. No. This is also another episode where they clearly just needed to use a film set from another show. Mm. But they really made it work and I loved it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, it's it's. I'll discuss this later, but it did introduce some weird ideas about... The, homo sapiens in the in the galaxy mm. you know where they came from what are they doing which i think is a big trope in that era of sci-fi but we'll get onto that yeah because this is an alien world but they're human and they've been there for thousands of years like mm. it was an advanced civilization six thousand years ago mm. but they're humans yeah as we know that this earth it's only been created in the last you know six thousand years yeah everyone knows that god created it and put and the dinosaurs they're, yeah they're all yeah. just to trick us into not he tricked us he tried he's trying to trick us into oh, not having faith we nearly got and us we almost are but um no we know that the world was only created six thousand years ago by our lord and savior jesus christ no oh his dad sorry <laughs> but he is his dad yeah and his ghost his ghost is that like a cousin or something yeah like all that like a weird uncle that you only see at christmas 
<laughs> you're like, hey, what's going on? You're thinking of the ghosts of, um, of, of Christmas past, present and future. Oh, yeah, I am. Sorry. I just love a tri- like a triad. It's a great it's a great number of things to have. Anyway, Ellie. We're immediately getting off topic. <laughs> this was a very silly episode in a way that I really liked. And I think it's put me in a bit of a silly mood. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to need a bit of energy to rein me back in. I'm sure the wine has helped you get into that mood. It definitely hasn't stopped it in any way. <laughs> I don't want to keep editing out your sipping <laughs> sounds. I have to keep editing them out because no one likes them. I've had Some messages of them were from yours. Okay, email us at vulcanmindspod at gmail.com if you want more or less mouth sounds and I will take that into account. Let's do an Instagram poll. I should. One, yeah. I'll make an Instagram account, step one, and then I'll make an Instagram poll. <laughs> Can you tell us the synopsis? Okay. We got it here. So do, do we want to go through it like scene by scene? Because it is kind of windy. What's the premise? Well, the premise is that the Enterprise arrives um, at this planet a um, hundred years prior. A Starfleet ship disappeared there. Mm-hmm. And it's this kind of like, kind of primitive, I'm going to say like mid 20th century level technology and culture. They're, they're kind of Amish. They kind they're of, very... it, the town looks like a Wild West kind of town. It looks like you've strolled into a Red Dead Redemption mm. Town. It looks a little bit more modern, I, I would say. Like the outfits are very, yeah, very Wild West, or, or at least like it's very 19th Wild West. century. The buildings themselves look of the time. Yeah, and they're all like the women are wearing like the corseted dresses that come like all the way, like halfway up their neck and all the way mm. down to their wrists and all the way down to their ankles to preserve their purity. And then the dudes have those great like high waisted pants with like the funny little ties and. They look like cowboys. And I really enjoyed it that the staff of the Starship Enterprise went down onto this planet in just like full cowboy outfits. Yeah. Not like cowboy, but like that era, I guess. Yeah. They look like bankers in a cowboy film. They, yeah, they, they definitely wanted to disguise themselves, um, which led to a hilarious moment in like the pre-credits scene, <laughs> um, during which, so Sulu and another crewman have beamed down to the planet. They're being chased by these weird dudes with like long pipes. Mm. And like brown hood robes things that hide their faces and they look a bit spooky. Yeah. They, they, they zap Sulu just before he's beamed up. Yeah. And when he's beamed up, he's all like, hello friend. I am um, tranquility. I am of the body. Everything is good. But then he also briefly gets mad at the others for like having the wrong outfit because they, they worked out that they were outsiders and he's like, we had the wrong outfits, guys. <laughs> and then he's back to like, joy to you. Yeah, Sulu is acting the hell out of that scene as well because he's trying to look spooky as well. And so he's doing his little grin and he's like, hello, I'm spooky. I think his eyeliner helps make him look quite He looks spooky. real spooky, but he does definitely pull like a spooky face. Like he opens his eyes up real wide and he has like a big grin that like doesn't really reach his eyes. And he's just like, it's me, spooky Sulu. <laughs> <laughs> and it's unfortunate that's basically all we see of him until the very end. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about that, but let's wait till it's, the end. It's it's a great bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Saul is beamed up and the other crewman gets captured. He doesn't beam up. And Don't so, worry about him, he's fine. He does show up briefly later. Yeah, but... I, uh, he doesn't do a lot, to be honest. They could have left him out. Don't worry about him, he's fine. He's but chill. the main guys, the main cast, mm-hmm. the uh, Kirk, Spock, McGuire and some other dudes... Um, also, <laughs> so 
Um, there was a moment where they were having a tense conversation and they cut to one of the other crewmen that we hadn't seen before and Ellie audibly gasped. You were so frightened because it was, it was just someone you didn't recognise. It was the first close-up shot of him <laughs> and it was so such an abrupt cut to him. <laughs> like, I didn't know where he'd come from mm. if, if it was... Because they're all in costume as these, like... Mm guys on the planet they're not in their regular starfleet uniforms i had no idea who this guy was and then he starts speaking and he's obviously a starfleet guy so oops he does love to shoot stuff he yeah he tried to shoot a hologram remember uh, after everyone was like yeah that's a hologram he's like well i'm gonna shoot it i was like it's, like it's just light buddy do you listen at all and he's like oh no absolutely not so they beam down to this planet and like everyone's walking around in a spooky way like if you imagine like kind of npcs the way they just walk around aimlessly and they're looking a bit like bored and they're like oh everyone's real spooky and going like ah peace love friends are you here for the ceremony is it festival the festival sorry are you festival are you the festival (laughs) and they're like oh shit we need to get out of here and I'm not explaining this well because I just want to get to the good stuff That's as fair. per usual. Well, I, 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 my, something I found really fun is they all dress up. Yeah. They're meant to be blending in. Yes. And they beam down. And for the whole time, Kirk demonstrates, he doesn't try to play it cool. He's just like, he beams down. He's like, what's festival? Who's Landrew? What's happening? Where are we? <laughs> like immediately blows his cover. He doesn't even try to blend in. Yeah. And um, Kirk is wearing, Kirk, Spock is wearing his like long black co- cloak with this other piece of fabric that's like covering his head, like presumably to hide his freaky ears. I, I believe that's called a hood. A hood. But it wasn't... <laughs> it was a hood. But it was a, an odd shape. It was like a square rather than like an oval, I guess. Wasn't as odd as the uh, as these guys' hoods, which we, we get to later. Which guy's hood? When, when Kirk and Spock steal some cloaks. Oh my god! <laughs> Open it up. <laughs> Makes zero sense. Open it. <laughs> this open is it. the chamber of Landru if we open it. But if we go in, he will open it. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, okay. Oh shit. Oh. I'm just going to jump ahead to this moment. So at one point they steal the robes off the people who are in this cult thing and it's oh, like wait, fully wait. wrapped around. Let's just explain the premise real quick. Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Good idea. Russian plot. Good idea, good idea. So it turns out everyone's under the, the mind control of a com- supercomputer called Landru. Mm. Um, and so at the end they go to confront Landru. Um, and this is the scene that we're leaping to. Yeah, and they like put on the robes of the people who are doing Landru's bidding. And it, it they're following someone who's like part of the underground resistance of Landru. And he's like, ah, this is where Landry lives. It's going to be very dangerous. And it keeps cutting back to Kirk. And it's a super close up where it's just his face. And you just see the cloth of this robe that like completely covers like the rest of the screen. And he just is muttering like, open it. (laughs) And then the guy's like, oh no, it's a dangerous thing. You shouldn't do it. And he's like, open it up. (laughs) And I just, I think it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. And the hood is so big. Yeah, it's massive. Like on either side, it's as wide as his face again. So it, he, he looks tiny. He looks <laughs> like he's in a giant teddy bear costume or something. <laughs> I really want one. I think I'd look great in one of those. Mm. I love to be enveloped by cloth. Yeah. Mm. Not in summer, which we're now entering. Mm. Sadly. It's very warm at the moment. Oh, unseasonably warm. Uh, I think it's just seasonably warm at this point because <laughs> like... It's pretty much summer, right? It's, and and climate change is the thing. Yeah, whatever. We live in Australia, it's always hot. <laughs> yeah, true. Except when it gets below twenty degrees and we all freak out. Oh, twenty <laughs> <laughs> You 
need to say it's going to get down to 18 degrees. No, thank you. Ah, I've got frostbite. Where are my thermals? I'm, I've got hypothermia. Oh, I need a speak wait, scarf. Hypothermia. Hypothermia? Hypothermia? I think it's ER. Hyper- I'm going crazy and taking all my clothes off because it's 15 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> Celsius. Oh, it's unrelated to the temperature. <laughs> I just like to take my clothes off. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm naked right now. You are. It's. Uh, I was going to mention it, but... I didn't want to make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I love a good audio format joke, you mm. know, really using the format to make mm. some goofs and gags. Speaking of the format, we should probably get back to talking about Star Trek. What? what? <laughs> oh, this is a Star Trek podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not an audio gag pop podcast. Um, podcast. Podcast. <laughs> All right, We're a mess. All right. Let's leave way back because we've skipped over festival. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, fuck. How could I forget festival? So they're like walking around and they're trying to blend in badly because Kirk is going like, who's Landry? What's this cotton? And there's this one guy who's sort of part of the resistance who later is just like, can you just like try not to blow our cup too? And he's like, like immediately. who or what is Landry? And he's like, oh, fuck off. So they, um, they, sp- they find the creepiest looking man and mm. the man's like, ah, the, the red hour of the festival is about to begin. And he's like, what's the red hour? What's the festival? Why are we here? And the guy's just sort of like, who are you? Are you off the body? And then just before Kirk can like properly get into answering that, the clock in the town square hits six. Six o'clock. Six o'clock. When the and Simpsons would air on Channel 10. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know. <laughs> go, go back to your thing. You having a fun time? I'm, I'm doing great. Yeah, man. great. You're doing a good job. Thanks. Um, and, oh man, I, I really wish that that was still the case. That it would get to like six o'clock and I could just watch The Simpsons. And I mean, you, have you got Disney Plus? No. Oh. I don't want to give the, the, the evil rodent my money. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably, you could pirate it. We don't condone piracy. We don't condone that. We don't do it. I mean, I'm saying... I would never pirate anything. I'm saying that it's physically possible to do such a thing. And I would not. It's morally reprehensible. It is morally reprehensible and against the law. And so I would not do it. I've never done it. I have never done it in my life. In my life. I'm putting that on record. Mm-hmm. I do want to <sighs> say... Um, <laughs> God. Yeah. Do you remember when we used to try and be serious on this podcast? Uh, we always did goofs. We always had goofs. What was your thing? What were you um, say? So, like, when they meet this creepy guy, he's like, oh, are you from the valley? Like, he's giving them a cover, mm. um, basically. And Kirk's like, and where's Kirk's, that? What is it? <laughs> Kirk just, like, is having none of it. He's, like, not even trying. Um, Kirk's not good at his job. No, he's dumb as hell. And yeah. we've established this. We have. So I don't think we need to rehash old ground. Mm. Anyway, it hits six o'clock. We've left our listeners hanging. What happens at six o'clock apart from the Simpsons? The red hour begins. The red hour begins. And so all these people who have been like walking around super creepy, super chill, suddenly like snap out of it and they all go ballistic. They start like throwing themselves at each other and like smashing through windows and making out. It's violent. It's horny. And Mm. I'm like, it looks fun. I know, like breaking windows and making out, it's a good time. No one seems to like get seriously hurt. No. Like, yeah, they kind of are wrestling around a bit, but it kind of seems like they're both in, everyone's into it. Like, yeah. people are making out. Um, only men and women, though. Oh, God. Can you imagine if it was? So they're all losing their minds, but no homo. <laughs> I, I did like, like that none of the women seem to be like. Like, it feels like very easily, given previous episodes, it mm. could have ended up with, um, you know, 
women not wanting to be made out with. But the women wanted to be it. made out with. Everyone was into it. There was one where like an old man was kind of like kissing a woman's neck and she was sort of in the thralls of passion. And I was like, she seems to be wanting this. Like, that's fine. It seems great. Yeah. I would love that to run around the street, break some windows. There's that guy who jumps through a window and smashes it and then gets up and just goes, festival, festival, <laughs> <laughs> which is some great acting. I really like that. Yeah. So I propose that we actually introduce festival. Yeah, um, it's it's basically the purge, but more like PG. I've never seen the purge. I don't know what it's I actually about. I've I've read articles about the purge. Yeah, it's the purge, but like no one really gets that badly hurt. It's more like everyone just does whatever they want to have fun, but everyone kind of still respects each other. It's like you said when we were watching it. It's a high school party. Yeah, people. I did definitely see people hitting each other with like two by fours. Oh, yeah. You, you went to a you went to a different school to me no no in the episode oh in this episode <laughs> I was like Ellie what happened at your school yeah hitting each other with two by fours I'm like didn't realise things were that rough there I went to a public co-ed school can I, you imagine I went to a public single sex school oh I'm sure everything was very civil then mm. <laughs> you should always segregate the sexes totally uh. <laughs> um, and I just want to say my two problems with Festival and the Red Hour mm-hmm. is that the Red Hour apparently lasts for 12 hours until 6am yes, the day. That's a good point. Yeah, because they keep going nuts all through the night until 6am. And, and like, they, um, Kirk and Spock and McCoy and the rest of the, 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 the dudes, they go get a room in a hotel and everyone's like, why aren't you joining Festival? What? And he's like, what's Festival? And I, like, I don't want to join Festival. And, like, obviously... You know, everyone expects them to join festival, and he, he doesn't doesn't occur to him to be like, oh, maybe to, to maintain our cover, we, we should, should join. All pretend to join festival at the very least, where we yeah. have to stand in a group and make out. And he's just like, no, I'm not going to festival. And, and Spock's like, yes, we should we should make out to blend into festival. <laughs> <laughs> it's purely logical, Captain. <laughs> um, and my other point on the red hour and festival and everything. Mm-hmm. So we it's do never bit... mentioned again. No, and it's not explained <laughs> because we eventually find out that Landrew keeps everyone, you know, fully tranquil and under control and calm It is and the peaceful. will of Landrew. So that there's no war or anything, but obviously they're all mind controlled and it all sucks. But there's no mention for why the Red Hour or the festival is a thing. Why do they mm. need to have everyone beat each other up and make out for 12 hours? I think maybe the episode just needed some action. Because, like, other than the Red Hour and um, Festival, like, everyone's just very docile. So maybe that's it. Like, they needed a little bit of action. Yeah, maybe. But, like, in terms of an in-world explanation, there's not a lot given. Maybe Landrew needs to rest. Maybe. Maybe. Although later when Landrew's control's broken, everyone's just kind of like, what's happening? Hmm... Anyway, to get ahead of it, he, they find some old dudes. One of them rats them out. Like, the, the, this sort of bit of it is, like, they're all really acting a lot. You know what I mean? Like, they meet the sort of, like, older dudes who don't take part in festival. It's kind of implied it's because they're, they're old. Yeah. They've kind of done their time. And they're, they're sort of... One is... No, sorry. Two of them are kind of part of this underground resistance against Landrew. Another one, like, rats them out and one of the underground resistance dudes gets killed by these guys in robes who have these hollow tubes that can shoot Yeah, things. they didn't quite explain that, but mm. they kill a guy with the hollow tubes and then Spock picks up a hollow tube and he's like, it's just a hollow tube. 
There's mm. nothing in here. Well, I think it's explained in a couple of things that like there are they're living in this sort of wild west kind of situation where they were all wearing these old fashioned clothes and the buildings are quite rudimentary and like there's no technology. But then there are these elements of like really high tech things like these tubes that can shoot and then like a light panel that they're all really impressed by. And I'm like, this is a panel that just lights up and this impresses you. Like you guys live on a spaceship. Like, well, I, I think it's more like that it was incongruous with the apparent tech level of, um, that's true. Okay. One thing that I want to sidetrack about with this episode is they do some really cool things with language where they like make the syntax of the way that people speak who are under the control of Landrew just like a bit different. And I've wanted that for some of the other like alien species that we've run into, like the Miri episode and stuff like that, where we meet these people who have like, I don't know, that kind of live under some sort of control. I don't know, the way that they say it would be like, you are from away or you are, what do they call it? Be you outsiders? Yeah, I love that. That's really cool. Like they're playing around with language and making them a bit sort of spooky. They, they drop that after like the first half of the episode, I think. I guess. But, and then they call everyone that is not from that planet Archons, which I think is really cool. Which I looked it up. So the ship that disappeared a hundred years ago was the USS Archon. Ah, and so therefore everyone from there is an Archon. Yeah, I think so I think they call foreign aliens uh, archons and i love that that's really cool because like you can trace the etymology back in their language it was just really fun do you want to know about the real world etymology please tell me gene roddenberry was part of a student club called the archons what did that society do i didn't look that far into it okay cool but archon is greek for leader so you know they just boss each other around probably being part of student societies and letting that dominate your entire life is a very cool and normal thing to do, I think. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> um, what, which bit should we talk about next? Oh, yeah. And then they are like, oh, we've got to go to Landrew. Mm. Well, um, so they do get captured at the, at the hotel. Yes. The... Do they or don't they get away because they confuse oh, the guards? Right. They say something to the guards where the guards are like, come. Oh, everyone says come constantly during this show. And because we've got the brain of, yeah. you know, 10 year olds. Yeah. Every time they were like, come, we're like, Because there was a bit where I was like, Landrew is gentle. You will come. <laughs> and he's pointing this long rod at them. And I'm like, it's fun to do isn't it (laughs) 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 anyway so the the way that they kind of figure out that landrew is a computer rather than like a god or something is because they confuse the guards and the guards basically just go like beep boop does not compute yeah and then they get away yeah because uh, like it was literally that the guards were not expecting them to say, no, we're not going to come. Mm. Um, and the guards were like, we don't know what to do now, so we're just going to do nothing. Yeah. And Spock later says, it's like a computer when you give it something that's incongruous or does not compute. Yeah. Yeah. I know computers. Yeah, totally. Right click. Left click. Left click. Double click. S- space bar. <laughs> Computers. Send email. <laughs> Receive email. Um, anyway, and then they go to like this underground place. Mm, which is apparently like a base for the resistance. That's where we find out that the uh, the guy whose name is Riga. 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 He is part of the resistance. Mm-hmm. So he's not directly under the control of Landrew, which... 
We don't ever find out why there are some people who just aren't under Landry's control. Yeah, I think it's kind of implied that some people aren't susceptible to the absorption, mm. which is how Landry gets you under their con- under his control. One thing that I found really interesting. So this show was made in the late 60s. So we're like deep in Cold War territory. And basically this analogy, I think, relates a lot to the American view of you know, the USSR at the time, Mm -hmm. in the sense that, like, you know, they're all working for the collective. There's one person in charge. There's no individuality. There's no creativity. And I feel like this is sort of a sci-fi criticism of that. Um, To that point, um, Gene Roddenberry was, you know, despite the fact that many of the fans view Star Trek as being, you know, a vision of a fully automated luxury gay space communism mm-hmm. Gene Roddenberry was a bit of a liberal mm-hmm. and in the original series the Federation was in some places intended to be the United States mm-hmm. and I think the Klingons were intended to be Russia and the Romulans were China and that kind of like dumb liberal mm. show where he thought that America was the good guys because I think I, I'm sorry to talk about the other star but I, I did send you did I I think I showed you the meme where Which like one? about Star Trek versus Star Wars, Gene Roddenberry was like a cop and, and the Federation mm. was supposed to be the US and he kind of sucked a little bit in his politics. Yeah, it was like the virgin Star Trek versus the Chad Star, Star Wars. Wars. Whereas like George Lucas intended the rebels to be the Viet Cong, which mm. made the empire the United States. Yeah. Which is like way cooler than mm. what Gene Roddenberry intended. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting because I think definitely Star Trek has this reputation of kind of being, yeah, that that um, post-scarcity society and, like, post-money, even though I've got a lot of problems with that in terms of, like, it's in-universe solutions, but, like, we'll get to that another time. But I really felt like watching this, I was watching, you know, 60s propaganda against communism. Mm-hmm. Because it's all about, like, the way that the people are walking around kind of dazed and without any sort of thought. And they are, you know, subservient to Landru. <laughs> it's such a funny word to say. Landru. Landru. It is the will of Landru. It is the will of Landru. Peace and love and tranquility. I blend in great. I do a better job than Kirk, I think. Well, he didn't even try. He didn't try. He's, He's so like, stupid. who is this? What's going on? I'd be the one walking around being like, ah, I am of the body. Peace be to Landru. It's so easy to do, and yet he fucks it up twice. I know. And then I'd, you know, during the the red hour, I'd smash some stuff. I'd make out with some old dudes, like the other ladies. And then I'd get back to saying, you know, tranquility and peace and love, and I'm off the body. It's not complicated. It's not hard. I'd do great in this society. Yeah. Or even just as, like, an undercover, like... Oh, I'd be an undercover resistance person. Yeah. Anyway, let's cut to the long... The story short. So they end up getting captured... And they are in a dungeon. McCoy gets absorbed. McCoy's absorbed. McCoy's off the body. He's all like, peace and love, friends. Peace and love, friend. Uh, Peace and tranquility to Landru. Peace and love. Who's that? Ringo. Peace and love. (laughs) Cool. I don't know. It's what he says. What a cool and timely reference. (laughs) (laughs) Ringo is timeless. (laughs) Of all the Beatles you could have picked. He voiced Thomas the Tank Engine. How is he not the most Did he? Really? Yeah, did you not know I that? I didn't know that. Wow. Cool. <clears throat> More like... R- Ringo... Take a... <sighs> what are you doing? I'm trying to make a pun, but I didn't have it planned before I started saying it. 
<laughs> when I you started the sentence, you knew you were going for a pun, but you didn't know what that pun was yet. Yeah. You thought it had come to you. Yeah, it's not. It's not here. Okay. Ring, go to the station. <laughs> Pokemon go, go to the polls. <laughs> Another very timely reference. Yeah, very cool and relevant. Oh, take me back to 2016. I could change it all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you could. Yeah, I would. All right. Um, they're in the dungeon. Mm. This is the bit where, like, they do a lot of talking and planning. It and, did like, feel very slow. It's very slow in this bit. They're going, like, um, you know, Spock looks at the masonry a lot. He, like, touches the walls and is like, yeah, definitely a dungeon. And they talk about Landru and they go and get absorbed. But part of the resistance, one of the guys in the resistance is the guy that's responsible for absorbing people so he doesn't get Spock and... Kirk absorbed. Man, man, Mandrol? Maprol? Maprol. Mapron. Malpron. Malpron? Malpron. Malpron? I think it's Malpron. It's one of those. But one thing I really like is so there's the guys in the brown robes who are like Landrew's lackeys. Who are kind of, they're wearing like these spooky kind of, they look kind of like priest robes. Like the old fashioned ones when it was like Middle Ages and they're wearing like the brown things. Anyway, they were doing the absorption. And basically Map, Maplo, this guy who's part of the resistance, came on and basically was like, ah, oh, your break's up. Like, <laughs> do you think Landrew has a union? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, if he's, um, if he's supposed to represent the Soviet Union, then he's definitely got, like, evil, horrible workers' unions. Yeah. Oh, those horrible rights for workers. Oh. Mm, imagine... Uh, Having rights. Uh, yuck. Ew, I wouldn't want those. No, Elon mm. Musk should own me. <laughs> Daddy Elon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be sick. <sighs> Fly mm. me into space, Daddy Elon. Landrew dictates you will have dental... <laughs> Lisa it... needs braces. <laughs> <laughs> I think this podcast for me is like 40% free associating. Yeah. That makes a good podcast, right? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so they, um, Kirk and Spock pretend to be absorbed. That lasts for all of like two seconds. I, I do enjoy how um, as the two guards are coming into the room to take Kirk away from his mm. uh, fake absorption, mm. um, the, the <laughs> resistance member very loudly whispers, pretend to be absorbed. Don't give it away. And the guards are like maybe two meters away from him. Yeah. And they don't say anything. So anyway, they go back into the dungeon and they have to pretend to be absorbed. Because then, because McCoy's there. McCoy. Because, McCoy. <laughs> because McCoy's there, you're right. And then, um, oh, then what happens? Oh yeah. And then the two guards come in and they basically, they do that thing where they chop the guards. So they get their arms and they like, do a kind of karate chop motion on the back of their backs and then they pass out instantly and then this is one thing that i find really weird in star trek right is when they don't want to have a long fight scene they just sort of like chop someone and they fall down and they're passed out and and you noticed it as well kirk kind of just chops the upper arm of this guy like he doesn't even get him on the back or the neck he just like chops him with his hand and he falls down and is passed out. Like it's such a convenient but lazy yeah. mechanism. Why don't they just do that all the time? Sometimes the fighting choreography isn't very good. Um. But it's so weird. Like it just doesn't make any sense. And I feel like 
they're going for verisimilitude in so many ways with like the problems and like the setup and yet so many of the problems are solved by just like Kirk and Spock chopping someone yeah well I mean I mean to be fair the ultimate resolution of the um of the plot is using like a battle of words you know outlogicking the machine oh yeah can we cut to that well we did miss one thing yes um so obviously Kirk and Spock have not been absorbed but they have to pretend to be absorbed they go back to the dungeon where in full view of Bones who has actually been absorbed yes they're like conspiracy we've got to beat Landry we've got to get him and McCoy's immediately like what are you doing you don't don't seem absorbed friends and they're like no peace and joy friends and And then then he starts going like not of the body well no because then they move a meter away oh yeah and they're like sorry they're no longer in full view of mccoy but they're loudly like okay so how are we going to take down landrew and then mccoy just comes around like you're not of the body what are you doing (laughs) you're obviously not of the body so like if you are of the body you wouldn't be talking about taking landrew down and Landrew brings joy and tranquility. Landrew is life and goodness and tranquility. And honestly, I don't know why you guys are pretending to be of the body. That's not cool at all. It's so good to be of the body. It's pretty great to be of the body. Oh, love Landrew. Love Landrew. You should join us. Love that for us. Get in, loser. We're going to be absorbed. <laughs> mm. Anyway, so they do a Vulcan nerve pinch on McCoy, so he's out. Which yeah. is great. I don't want to see any more bones. Oh, you love McCoy. I don't. Stop pretending. No, I don't you love like bones. McCoy. He just sometimes says things that are reasonable. A lot. In that one episode. <sighs> Landrew has a pre. Did we say that Landrew appeared to them as a? Oh, hologram? we missed that. Well, yeah, he appears kind of... to them as a hologram yeah. at one point. Um, and my favorite thing is, um, Spock says very early on that it's like a projection and a recording. So it's like a pre-recorded thing that gets projected in front of them. And Kirk keeps trying to respond to the hologram and Kirk has to, and Spock has to keep going. Uh, it's just a recording. And Kirk's like, right, right. And then he's like, Landrew is peace and love. And Kirk says, no, it's not. And Spock's like, remember what we talked about? Remember how we said that it's not real? I, I would say that's um, very amusing and stupid that he does that. But um, bear in mind, we just spent the last 50 minutes talking to the TV we did spend a lot of time just talking to the TV. But then another guy, another Starfleet guy, takes it up to the next level and he's like, I'm going to shoot this goddamn hologram. <laughs> mm, mm. And again, it's a hologram. Yeah, it just, Spock has to keep explaining every basic thing about everything to these idiots. Maybe it's not just Kirk who's an idiot. Maybe everyone except Spock is stupid. Maybe. Um, so they get... They get the robes on. They get the robes on, which is such a shame because... Spock has that amazing robe and he kind of just then has to change into this subpar robe. Yeah. And then this is when he's got the moment where they're like, open it, open the door. I want to see Landrew. Um, and basically they end up blasting a hole in the wall and they see the computer that Landrew's made of. Mm. And basically they can't zap it because Landrew disables, disables their, their Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so Kirk is like, oh, well, it's a battle of the wits that you're after. Um, <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, no, we're going to lose. But they don't. Because um, basically the computer's like, ah, oh, my prime directive is to have peace and love and tranquility. And Kirk just basically keeps going, no, you have not achieved that. You are evil and bad. And the mm. computer's like, no, 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 I'm doing a good job. And then Kirk's like, no, you're not. And basically it confuses the computer so much that it starts sparking and sending out smoke. 
and then the computer dies. Yeah, which is a great sci-fi trope of outlogicking a machine. Mm. Um, there's a great, great little satirical moment of that in Futurama. You might, have you seen Futurama? Yeah. You know the the Santa episode. Maybe. And there's like a scene where where Leela's like, "You Santa, I submit to you that you are supposed to reward the good, but many of those you harm are in fact good, and I submit that you are naughty and you <laughs> should therefore destroy yourself." <laughs> um, yes, that's a good that's a good trope. <laughs> Futurama frequently parodies Star Trek, um, but anyway, so they they do out logic Landru, but or Kirk does anyway, but mm. it's a bit weak, like. Mm. For example, so his whole argument boils down to you're suppressing creativity and freedom and that's harming them, Mm. which isn't like a direct correlation. Like the machine Mm. is aware that all the humans are like not hurting each other. They're Mm. physically sound. So I don't think that would be a good argument for Landru. But what Landru does also do is like he says that to protect the body, which is what he refers to as all the people under his control. Mm He says he's got to kill all the members who have seen Kirk and Spock to prevent, like, the inf- you know, an infection or, like, disrupting Which is, they met a lot control. of people. Yeah, so he, I think a better scene would have been, like, you say you're protecting the body, but you say you've got to destroy a number of people just to keep the body safe. You're not keeping the body safe. But, like, it's just a kind of abstract, like, uh, you know, they can't be creative. Uh, mm. it's, a bit, it's a bit weak as an ending argument, even though I do like the idea of arguing a machine to death it is a little bit yeah but you know it works and like the computer dies and then everyone just looks a bit confused who's been under the power of Landrew and Mm. then Kirk's like all right bye and then the funniest moment happens that we need to talk about so Sulu has been on the ship the whole time while he's still under the control of Landrew at one point Kirk specifically calls up to the ship to say keep him under control he might be dangerous yeah and then we we cut up to Scotty who is like Hey, how's it going? And Kirk's like, yeah, we like defeated the computer. Because Scotty's been in control of the Enterprise, which has been under attack by Landry the whole time and was like crashing into the planet, but is now okay. Yes. And then he's like, oh, how's Sulu? And and um, Scotty's like, oh, Sulu's so, <laughs> back to normal. And we pan to Sulu and he just does this like the funniest thing. <laughs> We both cracked up so much where he does like this little like shrug that's sort of like, ah, what you gonna do? I've been under the control of Andrew just to like demonstrate that he's back to normal, but it's the most unsalute thing I've seen him ever do. And to be clear, he's on the bridge, like it pans out of uh, away from Scotty who's sitting in the command chair, mm. and Saul is just standing on the bridge, just like, hey, I'm here, <laughs> and like. Not uh, hours before, Kirk told them to keep him under control because mm. he may be dangerous, and it turns out they just. I guess Sulu was just like, hey guys, I'm fine now. And they were like, okay, come to the bridge, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are security procedures? Yeah, they need to maybe tighten up their security procedures on the Starship Enterprise. But it is a hilarious moment. It is very funny. Yeah, and, and then Enterprise leaves some people to like make sure that um, this new society doesn't just fall apart. And then they buzz off. Oh, but they have a chat with the guy who's now in charge of the planet briefly. Oh, yeah. So grim. So... Kirk's like, hey, how's it going down there? Like, now that you're not under the control of a supercomputer. And he's like, ah, there's a few domestic quarrels and a lot of fighting. And then Kirk's just like, ah, 
Sounds good. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> it's not perfect, but it's human. And we know what domestic quarrels in 1960s translates to now. Yeah, for sure. It's it's so strange. And like the fact that like, oh, you know, humans do domestic quarrels. It's fine. <sighs> Which is very obviously problematic in itself. But I also want to like, speaking of humans, something mm-hmm. I kind of vaguely mentioned earlier mm-hmm. is that the backstory is established as being that 6,000 years ago, the humans on this planet were a really advanced civilization and they were mm-hmm. tearing each, tearing themselves apart. There was a war and violence and then Landrew took control and reverted them to a very basic technological stage. So the implication being that these are humans who evolved separately from Earth's humans, but yeah. they're still humans. And that's, I've noticed it's a really big thing in 60s sci-fi and like all of, for example, Ursula K. Le Guin's books is that all the sapient species of the universe are all humans mm-hmm. for some reason, and there are just humans on other planets. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really weird trope. It's not a weird trope for the time, I guess, but its place in Star Trek is weird because in future episodes, obviously, every other planet has proper aliens on it. Mm. And the fact that like, even though they're humans that are meant to have evolved separately from Earth's humans they still have like similar aesthetics like Mm. they still have the wild west aesthetic and they still have like the 60s futuristic aesthetic when you get into like the inner sanctum yeah it's interesting i mean there is an argument to be made there is an episode of the next generation Mm -hmm. that establishes that there was this really advanced species billions of years ago that actually seeded a bunch of planets with life and that not just didn't just include humans it included vulcans and Klingons and Kardashians and... Kardashians? Now I'm listening. Ah, Bible, that sounds great. I swear to fucking God, I have not been able to say the word Kardashians to a single person without them (laughs) making that same exact (laughs) joke. Bible, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. I don't know what that means. I just want to. I just want to issue a general warning now that um, if you think you're uh, making an original joke, <laughs> that's by... such a Chloe thing of you to say. <laughs> Are you gonna ah. get your revenge, buddy? <laughs> what? I'm exhausting everything I know about the Kardashians right now. Please stop me. Okay, stop. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't know anything else. <laughs> Whereas uh, you don't know anything about Cardassians, and I can mm. I can make a whole bunch of, um, geez, uh, Keeping how about up with the Cardassians? Um, uh, Gol Kim of the um, mm-hmm. Cardassian warship. Uh, <laughs> oh, geez, um, I'm trying to fuse them together. You're doing great. I got nothing. Let's end the episode. Oh, one thing we have to do before we end the episode. What was your horniest moment? Um, there wasn't a lot, but honestly, when um, they all hole up in the hotel early towards the episode, Kirk assigns some duties to the rest of the crew, like, hey, try and work out why everyone's acting so freaky on this planet. Um, and then he, his only order to Spock is, we've got some thinking to do together. <laughs> Which feels like a euphemism. It does, it does. My horniest moment is also between Kirk and Spock. Shocker. When they're right at the end of the episode, when they're back on the ship and they're, you know, Kirk and Spock have their little chat about like, oh, that was a wild ride. Ha ha ha. And then um, Spock says something about something being very logical or whatever. Mm. And then Kirk says, oh, Spock, you'd make a perfect computer. Basically be like, you don't have feelings you're, you're and emotions. So logical. And Spock just goes, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Oh my God. Ooh. It's, 
I might be misremembering, but it seems like a huge number of episodes end with that kind of exchange. Mm. Um, often McCoy is there and he's like, uh, Spock, you, you almost seemed like you had human emotions there. And, and Spock's reaction is like, how dare you insult me? And then and, Kirk's like, you're like a machine. And Spock's like, wow. Yeah, I feel like so many episodes end with that little like, uh, Spock doesn't have emotions gag. Mm. Like it happens a lot. It was very horny though. I think just compliments are horny for me. I think maybe I'm grasping at straws you because <laughs> it's uh, it was not a horny episode. No, I've been thinking about this. Mm. The number of horny moments has rapidly declined over the last few episodes. Mm. Is the next episode horny? Not in a good way. Mm. It involves a space fascist. Great. <laughs> and on that note, I'm Ellie. I'm Lucinda. Bye. Bye.